This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Cecil and Tom, Florida. I finally caught up with all of your episodes. I feel slightly dumber and yet smarter at the same time. Keep up the good work. Glory hole, motherfuckers. Yes, this is Chris of Season Heathen from Unbuckling the Bible Belt, and I meant to call y'all uh, after episode 212, I believe it was, when you had some horrible things to say about my home state of Tennessee, which, of course, are mostly true. Uh, the moonshine is pretty good. Uh, Nashville actually has a population of about a million in the metro statistical area, so you're a little off about that. Uh, and yes, the women are kind of big most of the time, but I would like to point out that people in glass houses should not throw stones, considering most of your governors, former governors, are in jail. And Chicago is probably one of the most corrupt cities in the nation, not to mention one of the coldest during the winter. So, uh, you know, just letting you all know that Tennessee is not the uh, shithole you think it is, although it mostly is, besides, of course, my great city of Nashville. All right, glory hole, motherfuckers. Hey, guys, this is Jason from Austin, Texas. People are moving to Detroit because things are so shit there. A lot of hipsters that have tech jobs and can work from anywhere, really, as long as they have a computer, are moving to Detroit because it's shit and it's cheap and hipsters like cheap, shitty places. It baffles me. I don't want to do it. I can't see doing it. Detroit's a shithole. But... People are doing it. So, Hey guys, uh, a few weeks ago you said that you had your first Arkansan listener, and that's not true. Um, I was living down there from 2012 to 2014, and actually one of my coworkers told me about your show. And one time you guys embarrassed the shit out of me. Um, I was walking to the grocery store with my headphones in, listening to you guys, and I got a phone call as I walked in. So I unplugged my headphones and took the call. And older iPhones had this weird bug where if you hung up the phone call, it would continue playing what you were listening to out of the speaker of the phone. So I find myself picking up some hamburger in the meat department of the grocery store surrounded by corn-fed Bible thumpers, and my phone suddenly starts screaming, Your fucking God is a weak sauce God! So, uh, yeah, that's my story, and I got the fuck out of there right quick. Keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. This is episode 215 of cognitive dissonance. And this is this is what this is what this really is, Cecil. This is us basking 
in the uh, post-coital afterglow of having been on The Thinking Atheist yeah. recently. <laughs> or, although, it really is. We were on it several, you know, uh, some time ago, yeah, but we it finally it was released on the 17th. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, I, I think directly as a result of being on that delightful podcast, uh, we are now uh, officially bigger than Snoop Dogg's podcast. <laughs> I smoked a blunt in his honor, so <laughs> we are bigger at this moment uh, than uh, Rachel Maddow. But most importantly, most importantly, listeners, we are bigger than Glenn Beck at this <laughs> at, right now for this short period of time. Yeah, we are bigger than Glenn, and not just physically bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Like I will point out a lot bigger than Glenn Beck. And right. the other thing we're bigger than right now is Slate's political gab fest. So fuck you, Slate. We're bigger than you right now, <laughs> even though you're against us in the podcast awards and people, I guess, want to we'll- vote for them. I don't know why. <laughs> Fucking Slate. So that that's really awesome. I, you know, I will say that I have no hope of retaining most of that audience yeah. because uh, most of them will have uh, come over out of curiosity, kind of like. You know, rubbernecking a car yeah. crash. <laughs> just, you know, it, 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 it's some, but at some point the curiosity yeah. fades, and you're just left with like your wilting dick in your hand. Yeah. And, you know that vague sense that maybe you shouldn't have done that. You know, Tom. Everybody loves the zoo. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, admittedly, Glory Hole Studios does smell like a monkey cage. Yeah, and there is a lot of flinging feces. So. <laughs> So, I think we nailed it. Masturbating primates. I mean, it's all in there, really. Father, I ask that you would forgive us for taking prayer out of the schools. Father, when that happened, secular humanism flooded in. Father, it began to penetrate every part of the curriculum. So, speaking of masturbating primates, this first story comes from Salon.com. Um, Rick Santorum, blatantly unconstitutional idea, put the Bible back in schools. Well, uh, so the best part about this Rick Santorum article is that there's still a Rick Santorum. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy is actually going to make another bid. Yeah. Um, I do like, by the way, that they caught a picture of him <laughs> with his fucking... Dick sucking lips poking out. I was just going to say that. It looks like they did a great job of finding the perfect picture of him filleting an invisible cock. I mean, that is exactly it. It's pretty terrific. Oh, Rick Santorum is such a douchebag. Do you want to hear what he had to say at his his little rally? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's give it a shot. We are at a, uh, a crossroads in American history, a crossroads that looks... Like we are heading down in a direction that, let's be honest, no civilization has ever been able to recover from. Hmm. And so there's reason for concern, there's reason for fear, there's reason for pessimism. But we're here at a church. As believers, we know how it all ends. Amen. We know there's reason for optimism. Wait a minute, wait a minute, pause. <laughs> pause, 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 know, pause, pause, pause. I know. We know how it all ends, right. comma, yeah. there's a reason for optimism. Well, this is immediately yeah. prefaced by the fact that they're in a church. The way it all ends in your book is with Armageddon. The way it all ends is is the very opposite thing of what one would be optimistic about. It ends 
in fire and plagues yeah. and fucking bees with yeah. hats on or but, whatever. But, but <laughs> only only for the bad people, though. Right. Yeah. So right. They're, they're optimistic because they're fucking self-righteous douchebags. Oh, I that's, forgot. So like that's that's why they're optimistic. All the rest of us get to fight off the fucking locusts in armor. Yeah, there yeah. you go. It's like they're, they're, we'll just like go to the rivers, and be like ah, fucking, they're full of blood again. God damn it! God. Well, this is at gonna least, be delicious. You know, at least California would have water then. Huh? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Daddy, what's for dinner? More blood sausage, son. <laughs> we had blood sausage yesterday. Shut up. Just eat your locusts and blood sausage. That's all we've got now. Rick Santorum loves us. That's why. And we know how it all ends, the people of God, because. We understand that under God, that our country can again be great and prosperous and good again. The left cannot be successful. The left cannot be successful. Okay, can the left be successful? The left cannot be successful. He'll tell you why when he's finished thinking about why. Okay, all right. Which is why he repeated that. Uh and paused, and he has no idea where his train of thought is going next. Can't you just say, um, like the rest of us? I know, right? Or just trail off yeah. and then look into the middle distance. That's just that's my trick. Trail off and then slowly back away from the stage. Right. That's... Just just trail off and then appear disinterested and yeah. confused. And just let everybody think you have Alzheimer's. In a country of God-given rights, hey. it can't. Because they want to be the purveyor of rights, and if God is the purveyor of rights, then they lose. That's right. What? I don't... I I actually can't... I mean, I, I guess I sort of vaguely understand where he's going with that, but he, I, it doesn't it doesn't actually make any sense. Why? I No, I can't... I actually can't <laughs> figure that out. If I really think about what that at idiot. all, I cannot get that. Oh, gosh. The purveyor of rights... Is God. God is the purvey. So all of my rights come from from God, and I guess I should get those rights. I should figure out what those things are, either by what? Checking out the Bible and figuring out how many slaves I can own or, like, who gets to keep rape women as pets or whatever it says in that fucking awful text. What a, <laughs> what a great straw man, though, where he's saying they want to be the purveyors of rights. no. I don't think anybody in the government really is a purveyor of rights. The rights are inherent, right? There's all these rights we have that are inherent in our government, the one that was created already. It's not like it's not like they're purveyors of rights. I mean, they're, they, they try to keep them open for us. We hope that's what their plan is, that the government's plan is to make sure that we have these rights available to us and they don't take those rights away from us. We have an obligation to educate to form within our churches, to preach within our families, to educate, and to fight within our schools. Why are Bibles no longer in public schools? Don't give me the Supreme Court. The reason Bibles are no longer in the public schools is because we let them take them out of the public schools. Amen. Uh, okay, so you figured out Occam's Razor. They're not in the schools, so they must be out of the schools then. And I, I like, too, he's like, don't tell me it's a Supreme Court. We let that happen. Well, look, you were, no, you were clearly opposed to it. People just like you yeah. uh, were clearly opposed to the decision. The problem is that you fucking lost, and you lost specifically because of the fucking rights that you were talking about previously. And I want to go back to that real quick, because I think you made a good point. Like, 
the idea of rights, um, that it strikes me that what we do as a civilized um, and hopefully enlightened or enlightening people um, is not to give rights to other people because you cannot give a right. Um, but I think what we do is we discover what our rights are collectively as a society. And as we as we grow as a society, um, philosophically and intellectually, and as we uh, you know, come to understand more and more about the nature of the human condition, what we do is we identify rights that have always existed within that, that are inherent in, in our humanity, but which may not have been protected. And so what government is doing is not granting human rights, but protecting human right. rights. Yeah. They're identifying and protecting human rights. And those rights continue to grow. And we've seen that, you know, if you just look at American history, we, you, you've, you can look at the evolution of that um, through the civil rights movement, through women's suffrage, things that are now considered to be rights. They were always rights. It's just that they were not identified and protected until, you know, society reached a point where we became sort of enlightened about, you know, wow, these actually this is the right thing to do. This is a moral good. This is not just a convenience. This is not. Uh, you know, hey, this is what the tariffs are. That's a fucking convenience. That's laws, and that's. But when we're talking about things that are inherent to the human condition, regarding things like equality, um, gender equality, racial equality, uh, sexual identity equality, these are rights that have always existed, and all we're doing is identifying and protecting them. You say, well, we can't get it back in. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. No, you can't. No, you fucking can't. Si you, se puede. Si se puede. You would have to do. <laughs> you would have to do a lot to try to get that in public school. And why the fuck is he? You know why he's mad? The reason why he's mad about this and why all these people are fucking mad about man. There's no Bible in school anymore. We can't have Bible in school because they don't want what they want is to brainwash more kids. Yeah, because there's right. no fucking rule that you can't be religious at school, that you can't bring a Bible to school, that you can't read Bibles in school. There's no rule against it. But you can't have force everybody to do it. And they want to force everybody to do it. The thing is, is they already have the fucking rights to do anything they want in the school when it comes to their religion. They just want to make sure that everybody else is forced to do the fucking thing they don't want to do. Well, fuck you. You can't fucking <laughs> force me to do that. You can't force kids to do that. Who the fuck do you think you are? And he's like, we can do it. We can do it. What? You can get a fucking bare majority to fucking force your religion down everybody's throats? Fuck off, you piece of shit. You know what's funny too is that Santorum is a Catholic, right? And he reads much more like an evangelical in his in his pandering to this to this right wing base. He reads so much more like an evangelical than he does a Catholic. I actually think it's pretty funny that you know this idea that well we got to put Bibles back in the schools, man. For the longest time, one of the one of the one of the reasons that the Protestants split off from the Catholic Church was to give people access to the Bible, and the Catholics didn't want people to have access to the Bible. Right, like that was actually a significant piece of the Reformation. Like from a from a philosophical standpoint, it was the difference between how you know the Word of God is is transmitted to the masses, is transmitted directly. From you know these intermediaries, i.e., the priests and the bishops and what have you, 
And that's still kind of part of the Catholic structure. Or or does it come directly from the, you know, the word of God, the Bible, right? From fucking God's mouth to your dick or whatever. So it's <laughs> that is glory hole right there. <laughs> So it's sort of funny how how much he reads like an evangelical and how little he reads yeah. like a Catholic, yeah. to me at least. Um, and it's so obvious that he's just pandering to that right wing Protestant base. Yeah, i i can't uh, I can't imagine a whole room full of people looking at this guy, this frothy mix of fucking lube and feces, <laughs> and and looking at him and and saying, "That's our guy." That's the guy I want to follow into the next four years because he has he's he's got his finger on the pulse of America. This is a guy <laughs> who fucking hates gays, who has gone out of his way to to attack gay people constantly and try to subjugate them and push them back into the fucking closet. And all the rest of his fucking thoughts are worthless. This is a worthless candidate. I can't imagine a single person like especially like the conservatives out there, right? The conservatives that are that are also atheists. How the fuck do you look at this guy and say, mm, that's my guy. There's my guy because I like his fiscal responsibilities. Of course, I got to choke this fucking Bible down with dinner. But <laughs> how much how much are you willing to sacrifice? How much are you willing to do something? You talk about Bibles coming out of school, they mention one person, right? Madeline Murray O'Hare. One person got the Bibles out of the schools. Right. Look, we have more than one person here. Amen. But you've got to have the same passion in preserving our country as they do to transform it. Man, look, the answer is not your passion. Like, I don't think anybody would argue that the Christian right is dispassionate. If anything, the Christian right is incredibly passionate. Sure. It's just that their arguments are really weak sauce. Yeah. They have literally not like they bring nothing of, of value or substance to the table very often. What are they what are they what are they walking in the door with? What massive substantive moral argument are they walking in the door with? What uh, amazing policy decision or problem solving uh theory are they walking into the door? They don't walk it they walk into the door with all passion. Well, and all these idiots do is sell them more passion. Well, and 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 what kind of platform is this that you're coming out and you're you're standing there saying, "Well, I want to get Bibles back in school." Yeah, that's our fucking biggest pressing problem. Is that we don't have fucking Bibles in school. That's the right. fuck. That's going to solve everything. Oh, gosh. Fucking as soon as that happens, the any kind of budget problems go away. Any kind of fucking, you know, environmental problems go away. I mean, look at all the different problems that are facing. They're like, we're fucking mired in fucking wars in other countries. You know, all that shit. None of that fucking Bible. What the fuck does that do for you? But that's the that's your platform. That's what you're running on. That's the thing that you're going to do different than the guy who's in there. Well, big fucking deal. This story is just amazing. It's from Raw Story. Um, Fox News host Andrea Tantaros. Snow days are a liberal plot to strip schools of religious holidays. Um, so th th this this nonsense is in reference to the. You know, hundred plus inches of snow, yeah. uh, which blanketed Boston and obviously shut down school right. for 
many days for Let's, obvious reasons. I have a cur- I'm curious. Is it liberal snow? It it was liberal snow. Um, it was full of white guilt. It's- actually, that's why it was white. <laughs> school has been pushed back. The end of school has been pushed back um, in a town called Easton. It's been pushed back to the 29th of June. Um, and so the contingency plan, what they had to do, that, that, I mean, you got to understand that that's incredibly unusual, right? So schools plan, and everybody uh, who, you should know this probably, but schools plan or they build into their calendar a certain number of snow days. And they have a plan for how they're going to handle a certain number of snow days. We're going to move school back this number of days because the state that you're in mandates typically uh, a set number of school in school session days. So in Illinois, I believe it's 180 or 185 days. I think it's 180 days, actually, of of in session school days. That's what the state requires. So schools have to do that. They can't give your children 179 days. The law requires they give you 180 days. And then so the school says, okay, well, we have to do 180. It starts here. These are the holidays. It ends here. And if we have some school days, here's how we handle them. And I know in my district, um, they have, I, I think they plan out, you know, five or seven snow days, something like that. And then after that, you kind of have to call an audible a little bit. There's not really a good plan. You, you, you can only extend the school year. You can only just keep extending the school year so far, you'll run into the next goddamn school year. And then there's administrative concerns. There's things that schools do over the course of summer break. They do some, you know, hiring and and maintenance and all kinds of things that have to happen. So they do need some of that time in between. They plan for this. So in order for them to deal with this excess of school closings, they have to, you know, reassess their schedule, reassess their calendar. Um, and I guess that that reassessment, Cecil, is a liberal plot. Yeah, yeah. See, they, they engineered global warming so that there could be a shift in the jet stream that would then move it, the jet stream, over Boston, which would then dump 10 fucking foot of snow on it over the entire season. These kids would get a ton of days off, and then one tiny town would decide whether or not to cancel three days out of the school year that were happened to be religious holidays. So that was the liberal plot. It's a, there's a lot of fucking moving pieces in that plot. I mean, you really got to you really got to hand it to the liberals for going through all that trouble to increase the CO2 on the entire planet just to make that happen. I I actually I'm I'm a little concerned right now, Cecil, because I feel like you didn't read all the way to the bottom of the story and I'm sorry to point this out on the air, but did you not get to the part that specifically uh, discussed the evidence for Al Gore uh, sitting at the North Pole with a snow machine <laughs> shooting it at Boston? And that's the real reason. <laughs> that's the liberal plot. Is he got an industrial like snow machine that you use for ski vacations? And he just had, he had that thing aimed, and he was surrounded by lesbians. It's yeah, super sure. liberal. And gnomes. Like, and gnomes. <laughs> lesbian yeah. gnomes. They were brown gnomes, yeah. so that was even more liberal. <laughs> and he was just shooting snow, and he's, ah, we're going to cancel three. No, you know, they didn't cancel Christmas, people. Yeah, they're canceling Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Good Friday. So three really pretty much corner case holidays for certain people. The Christians clearly are a much bigger group, I think, than the Jewish people. But Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, I guess they got they got off for those days. I didn't even know. I'm I'm a little surprised by that. I don't remember ever having specifically having any Jewish holidays off because they were Jewish holidays. 
Um, and I certainly don't remember Good Friday being a day off of school I never because got, it was yeah. Good Friday. I never got Good Friday off growing up. I don't remember getting it off. I think a lot of times it overlapped with your spring vacation because your spring vacation usually would track with Easter. At least that's how it – it still happens that way. But I, I actually don't – I'm not sure that a school can give off – can a school just give off religious holidays? You know, because you don't get Ramadan off. At least, at least I never – I didn't even know about Ramadan when I was a kid. Is that a type of bread? It's delicious. Yeah, a little butter on that, and it's, it's amazing. Get them warm out of the oven. Oh, man. The only problem with the Ramadan bread is that is that you have to wait till sunset to you eat it. <laughs> you can't eat it during the day. <laughs> if you do, man, you get fucking stoned, and not in a good way. Let me tell right? you. Right? That's why I start baking it about 530. <laughs> that way it's, it's perfect when that sun goes down and the Ramadan comes out of the oven. It's delicious. Oh. Gosh, a good fresh baked Ramadan is awesome. <laughs> is trusting God important? It's the only thing that gets favor from Him. He doesn't respond to pain or tears or heartache. He only responds to being believed. So this story comes from also from Raw Story. Virginia city official says God ended slavery. Jesus never told anyone to create a diversity commission. That's because Jesus was cool with slavery. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How to break it to you. I, I do like that if that even if this were true, God took two thousand years to get around to it, or very nearly. Some could one would argue that there's still like eighteen thousand people each year in US in human trafficking. So one one could argue that he still hasn't ended it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a great point, right? I mean human Human trafficking is still a really significant thing, and the idea that there are no slaves in the world is is not honest or true. So God ended it, but he just did a really shitty job of it. He's like, he's a horrible manager. Yeah, he's really not very good at it. Well, and I, I like it in here. They say something like, let me see if I can find it. He says, I don't believe that the government freed our slaves we had in this country, he continued, that was an evil that this country had, and it was the hand of God touching the hearts of man that freed those slaves. And he's right. He touched them with mini balls during the Civil War. That's how he touched the hearts. Know, right? He touched them at, at subsonic speeds with lead. That's how he touched their hearts. But, but to be fair— Because that's how fucking just... slavery ended, through fucking complete war, it tore this country apart. But, but I, I like too that that the idea that God influenced the 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 course of the Civil War, which actually decided the issue, right? So, but he still let he still let the Confederates win almost the whole war. Yeah, they were winning right? a lot. Yeah. So so the Union won by the fucking skin of its teeth. The whole first fucking half of the war was. Very nearly won by the the Confederates were kicking some serious ass for a really long time. So, so God's like, uh, well, I don't want this to seem really unfair. So I'm going to kind of do that swoop down at the last minute thing, and then make it kind of a very close sort of a draw. You know, otherwise it won't be exciting history. <laughs> you know. I don't want to. I don't want to settle the question uh, uh, definitively. I don't want to actually intervene in a fucking discernible way. Yeah, he needed a Deus Ex himself, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deus Ex Deus. Ex Deus. Yeah. I'm God of the God. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, this is a, what a lame thing to say, and it's you know uh, somebody says something about 
slavery. And this guy's like, shame on you. It's like, what do you want to fucking forget that it existed, dude? Yeah, I know. And it, it, and you know, later on he says, you know, this idea, somebody is talking about this and he says, if you disagree, we can discuss your agreement. But when you try to take it to this high level and dismiss it based on God will fix it, um, that's just being disingenuous and not constructive of all constructive at all. And I actually think it's, it's worse than that. Um, because what what it's doing is it's is it's saying, uh, well, all of the people whose blood and sweat and tears and lives were lost in this struggle for equality, for abolition, all of that was meaningless. They didn't even have to do it. It didn't mean shit. It was a purposeless activity. God took care of it. Yeah, God was, God was going to change anyway. the hearts of yep. the slave masters. Uh, who fought uh, vociferously against this? He was going to change their hearts anyway. Um, so all of that, all of that work and that toil and that human tragedy that went on for, I mean, hundreds of years, meaningless, utterly without point, utterly without merit. What a fucking asshole. Because there's nothing but death and refuse in the rectum. No life can come out of the rectum. The rectum is designed to get rid of death and waste. It's, It's designed for that one purpose. And the sodomites are cheering on and praising the rectum. So this story comes from the raw story. Uh, Bellowing pastor warns that gays, Muslims, and liberals will establish a secular humanist (sighs) caliphate. What? This man does not understand what caliphate means. No. Let's let's listen to it. It's a minute 19 here. This is him, uh, Ken Greaves, Graves, Greaves, something, I don't know, whatever, from his, uh, he was talking in front of a crowd. It's from right, that's from the Raw story. Why should we be intimidated as we find ourselves actually, in all honesty, when we're being honest, we are conscious that militant homofascism seeks to take over our land and make it Sodom. We are also conscious that militant Islam, truthfully, wants to establish a worldwide caliphate that will destroy everything we have, and, and complicit with them is the secularist, it is the, the secular humanist fundamentalist extremist. I gotta say, Duke Nukem there sounds like he gargles flaming golf balls every morning, doesn't he? Jesus Christ. It sounds like a fucking pro wrestler, doesn't it? I think I've got a career in public speaking. I'm taking on the the Iron Sheik next week. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. (laughs) Secular humanist extremist. (laughs) Oh, what an idiot. This guy's great. There's more. They want to make this their own sort of secular humanist caliphate. It is, in fact, a little intimidating to acknowledge that they have every major institution that they have, in fact, taken control of entertainment. They have taken control of education. They've had massive gains in recent decades. This we must acknowledge. But why should we be intimidated if what has been placed in our hands is the very word of God? It is, in fact, a sharp, double-edged sword. It is the word of Almighty God. It is a sharp, double-edged sword. 
Now, that's usually a metaphor to mean that it cuts both ways. Yeah. But what I'm actually saying is that you can swing it and kill the secularist backward and forward. It offers a pummel and a hilt. Yeah. What I'm really saying is is that it's a really wicked sword. It's super sweet. It's totally I got it from metal. Brookstone. <laughs> they mailed it to me. Metal. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is great. Jeez, I would be terrified of this guy. I don't know. You look at this guy. This is this is a guy who's like fucking. He's sixty and on HGH and like fucking. He bench presses like like two twenty. <laughs> right? He's like he's like one of those testosterone replacement uh, male models. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Where like every part of his body is is screaming to die, yeah. but he's so. <laughs> But including he's so his juiced throat up nodes. on like the yeah. fucking uh, testosterone of 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 caged eighteen year old brown people yeah. that are that are being milked <laughs> in some secret lab somewhere. I don't really believe that. Not uh, so secret lab. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is first of all, that's not a voice that occurs in nature. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not. It's just it's it's it you know it's like the blue Jolly Rancher flavor, yeah, right? Yeah. You know where you're like, it tastes like, and my, my son will sometimes ask, you know, what does that taste like? I'm like, that tastes blue. blue. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's nothing. That's this a, isn't like lemon lime, buddy. Yeah. This is just <laughs> you just got to go with blue. At some point, <laughs> things just taste like colors. That's a voice that that simply does not exist in nature. Uh, at least not purposely. Yeah. I love that they, they use the word caliphate when he says secular humanist caliphate. I mean, you were talking earlier about Sam Torum not wording good. This guy doesn't word good. Right? I, you, can't you just pick a new word and say they want a secular humanist dictatorship? At least that would make sense. Yeah, the, the caliphate is very, very specifically a reference to a, a, a Muslim, basically like a Muslim prophecy, um, a Muslim state. Um, called for in prophecy. You can't have a secular humanist Muslim thing. Yeah. Right? You, 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 you can't have a skinny fat man. <laughs> it's not a thing. The two words don't work together. You can place them next to one another. Yes, they are both adjectives, but they cancel each other out logically. They cannot work. Like, and then, But people will still clap for this shit. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I am aware of all of those terms. Yay! <laughs> words I've heard. Yes, also words I've heard. Ah. What, the reason why is because this guy's trying to glue together scary shit, right? He's trying to say, right. "Well, this is scary, but this is even scarier." And if they were together, they'd be even scarier. It's like think about like if Freddy had fingers, but his fingers were really Jason. Like, wouldn't that be <laughs> really scary? <laughs> now the concern, obviously. Is if this isn't, isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire fruited plain, and you're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. Ah, Cecil, call your mom. Bad news. <laughs> it's bad news, man. It's tough. It's from the friendly atheist. Mother's Day is threatened by same-sex Aww. marriage, claims an Irish senator. Uh, it's already banned in some U.S. states. Why an Irish senator gives a shit that it would be banned in some U.S. states? Who fucking cares? You're an Irish senator. It's not, it's not even true. But and also, well, fucking Mother's Day is in fucking May, isn't it? Or June or some shit? 
That's in May, so some schools would still be in session. But they're saying Happy Mother's Day all, but it came out on fucking the 15th of March. Yeah, that's true. You actually. guys have a different Mother's Day? Maybe they do have a different Mother's Day. I thought that day was ordained by God. That's ridiculous, Cecil. It was ordained by Hallmark. Yeah, Irish Mother's Day is uh, Sunday, March 15th. So Wow. Yeah, it's a couple days before St. Patty's. So <laughs> There you go. I wonder if they even do they do St. Patty's Day in Ireland? I don't, I don't think so. Know. No. That's a reason for that's a reason for Americans to get drunk is what that is. If you were to walk up to 100 people, myself fucking included, and ask, like, what is St. Patrick's Day actually celebrate? Fucking 97 of us would be like, mm, uh, is green beer the answer you're looking yeah. for? <laughs> uh, uh, is it green beer? I feel like green beer is what you're looking it's for. When it, it's when it's when St. Patrick chased all the Protestants out of Ireland. That's what it... Is it actually that? I don't know. I don't know. I thought I didn't know if it had, like... I, I get it confused with like the Pied Piper or snakes or something. I actually, I so don't know what St. Patrick's Day is about that I like in my head. I'm I'm vaguely remembering some Simpsons references, and I have no idea. I'm like I don't know if that's true or from the Simpsons. That is how little actual connection I have with St. Patrick's Day, and we are Irish, and my birthday is on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, so that it's- is. Here How little I know. You want to know? According to tradition, Patrick returned to Ireland to convert the pagan Irish to Christianity. So, well, there you go. There you go. Where did he return from? From away from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> in Dublin, there's a parade. So I guess that there is a parade. But man, in Chicago, it's fucking kooky, man. It's like fucking. It's like wake up in the morning and get as fucking wasted as you possibly can, and puke by noon, and then get wasted into the evening. That is a young man's game. It dude. really is, man. That's not for me. It I can't. Really is. If I start drinking before noon, I'm my day is done by twelve fifteen. I'm like, ah, I'm like, where's Matlock? I want a sandwich. <laughs> I'm asleep. It's Cut. it's over, man. I've got I'm fucking I'm having the fucking super bird at Denny's at three thirty. Honey, honey can you put Judge Judy on? I want to take a nap. <laughs> uh, this woman said that it's banned in some states. PC gone mad is her hashtag. Um, and then it says uh, basically she got called out on it because she's saying that it's banned in some states, and, and everybody's just like, "Well, that's not a thing. Like, what are you talking about?" And then she said, "I'm not lying." No slur intended, just saying that Mother's Day is banned in New York and Nova Scotia school. So in some states is now a school somewhere in New York. And the school, the reason why they say she says it's banned, it's not. It just at one school, a New York Upper West Side school, um, renamed it. Uh, they didn't they named it Family Day. Uh, instead of Mother's Day and Father's Day because they didn't want children from single parent or uh, s- non-traditional families to feel sad or left out. Yeah, and I like it's two U.S. states. Well, okay, or one school in New York. And then Nova Scotia's not even in the – it's not even in America. Yeah. So it's uh, you were wrong. It, so lying may not be your thing, but neither is accuracy. <laughs> Neither is facts, right? Because nothing yeah. that you say. And Mother's Day is not a national holiday of any kind. Yeah, no. It's, it's just, just a thing yeah. on a calendar that people agree that maybe we'll do a little yeah. bit. And we're going to give mom roses or something. Yeah, it's not. You cannot. You actually couldn't ban it because it doesn't officially exist. 
So what most schools do, or at least a lot of schools will do, is they, yeah, they pick like the Friday before or something, and then you fucking decorate a card with a bunch of sprinkles and, and pasta and other shit yeah. to ruin your house, and then you take it home, and then mom <laughs> has to throw it away or clean it up later. Like that's that's Mother's Day. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a holiday that's celebrated by begrudgingly putting something on your refrigerator. That's exactly, what it is, right? Yeah. And then later hucking it into a box and taking it out tearfully. You know, years later when your teenage, you know, son or daughter is cursing at you. Yeah. And, oh, and I, you used to be cute. And, yeah. You know, all that. You, no, it's, you, it's one of those things you wistfully card through when your kid's on meth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you were little, it was cute when you didn't have teeth. But now it's cool. <laughs> oh, I remember when little Billy didn't steal from my purse. <laughs> I I guess I guess it all comes around though, you know, when they're young you lock up the medication, when they're old you lock up the medication. It's Oh no. It's all the same. Yeah, what's the oh. difference? Just keep the fucking baby gates up and the meth heads just crash into yeah. them. It's like an early warning alarm. <laughs> you see, there are demons in the earth. Read Matthew Mark's gospel chapter five. There are demons all over where and Jesus cast out demons when he walked the earth. Story also comes from the raw story. Um Evangelist. When Christians take control of the U.S. government, oh, the demons shudder. And there's a great picture of this guy who totally looks like he's about to strangle a prostitute. Oh, yeah. Like he's got his like angry strangle face Uh on that looks far too practiced. And the woman sitting next to him is like, yes, that's how you strangle the life out of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wrap your hands around the neck. Now get a good seal. Get a good seal. Try to block... Both the blood and the uh, airway. Air it's it's super important. Absolutely. They kick less. Yeah. <laughs> no, they kick more than that's actually. <laughs> they kick as hard as they can. Uh, this is a short clip. This is uh, James Robinson, his name is. Uh, and he was on the Todd's. I guess he was in an interview with Todd Starnes. And so this is his little clip. Now, this is him being crazy. So we're just going to play a clip of him being nuts. Here's the thing. The people in a nation like ours, this, this thing you got to understand as a Christian, in a, a democracy where the majority rules and where we're the ones who choose, then those we choose reflect the heart, conscience, and convictions of those who vote or who don't vote. Too many Christians have checked out. You've been told it's politically incorrect for church people to be involved. That is one of the biggest lies that ever came sure. through the lips of Satan. I think I think he messed up. He was he wanted to say Obama, but it just slipped out. It's just Satan just slipped out. I, I got to tell you, it's amazing how quiet. I, I agree with him. The, the religious uh, right, the Christians have definitely never involved themselves in politics. Do not believe it. Of all people on this earth that ought to stand up and protect the precious and be light to illuminate the way out of this present and pressing darkness, we're the ones to do it. If we ever come together, the gates of hell will tremble, and that's precisely what they're to do. I believe the government should fear the people. The people don't fear the government, and they've got to listen to us. Hey, hey, government. We can take it to only 500 of you. We can get rid of a whole bunch in one smooth swoop. And we can really reroute the whole ship. Listen to me. It's not too late. Later than you think, but it isn't too late. If we wake up, I want to tell you something. Hearing somebody like me and Todd sitting here and this sweet little girl sitting here by us, do you know who's trembling? All hell's trembling. The gates of hell tremble. The very fact that people who love God and know God and love their neighbor would ever stand up, speak up, and become a shining city set on a hill, oh, the demons. 
That's the best part. That's done. That's perfect. The demon shudder. The demon shudder almost as much as the yeah. as the fucking uh, spasm he yeah. just had. What I, what I meant to say is the demon shudder. That's what they do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's actually the demon's orgasm. That's yeah. what's happening there. That's a demon's O face. What a weirdo. What a goddamn goober that man is. Yeah, and and that's the here's here's the thing, right? You have a guy sitting on a couch with some knucklehead sitting next to him fucking smiling at him and giving him the doe eyes and Todd Starnes fucking puffy face nodding along with him talking about fucking made up creatures called demons. I know, right? What if he was having a conversation about fucking leprechauns or unicorns? We would be like, well, that dude's fucking crazy. That guy's a nuthouse. Right. But, but because it's happens to be some mythology that a lot of people believe, we're, we, we suddenly feel like, oh, well, that's okay then. He's allowed to talk about made-up creatures as long as they're a made-up creature that we approve of. Right. It's a made-up creature we approve of. So let's, let's go back to our conversation about what made-up creatures are afraid of. Uh, whoa, okay. Well, that's, that's, even, that's actually even one layer more stupid than the, <laughs> than the prior layer. I, I also, like, you've got to wonder, Cecil, at the incredible hubris of a man sitting in a country like America. And, and I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm like so bored with this narrative where they're like, oh, everything here is so bad. Man, as I sit here, well fed, in a climate controlled environment, entirely safe from, you know, most disease and the ravages of war and hunger. And pirates. I, yeah. I, I've got to tell you, <laughs> America's in trouble. America's in trouble. And like the rest of the world is like, man, America's doing just fine. Thank you, rich fucking white dude sitting on a couch. Like all across, all across sub Saharan Africa. People are like, I would be grateful for even like a tenth of your wealth and privilege. No, oh, man, America's in trouble. God's got to get back to privileging America so that we can be even more privileged than all of the rest of the world. Because what a horror show it would be if all of a sudden we were just, you know, almost you know, a little unbelievably wealthier than almost all of the rest of the people on the goddamn planet. Seven billion people. There's only 370 million Americans. Seven billion people. And two-thirds of those people live on like a dollar a day. Yeah. And, and, and this guy yeah. has the hubris to talk about whether the demons give a shit about what happens to fucking rich white people in America? You fucking narcissistic asshole. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. So this story comes from Vox.com. This is fucking American politics and action, Cecil. This story is uh, astonishing. New Hampshire fourth graders wrote a cute bill and then watched as lawmakers mocked and killed it. (laughs) This really doesn't have anything to do with the show except for that it's political. Um, The New Hampshire state legislature um, had a bunch of fourth graders draft a a bill. And the the bill said, um, you know, basically that that the red-tailed hawk should be the state raptor. 
Um, and it went, and then all, and they invited all the fourth graders to the state Aww, house. Aw, that's adorable. And so all these little fourth graders, who mind you are, uh, you know, nine or ten years old, all these little fourth grade kids, well, they, they travel on their school buses for their field trip with fucking, I'm sure, copies of their drafted bill in hand, and they're going to get a firsthand experience of how a bill gets politicized into an abortion debate. <laughs> And eventually voted down. <laughs> At one point, one of the guys says, the red tail hawk grasps its prey with its talents and then uses its razor sharp beak to basically tear it apart limb by limb. And I guess the shame about making this the state bird is that it would serve much better as a mascot for Planned Parenthood. And he's got a point because I heard that Planned Parenthood has started using trained raptors in abortions. That's so, it's, yeah. That's, they just you just train them to dive right in there and get them. The thing is is when they're young, you got to like you got to feed them little pieces of zygote and then you got to sort of up the stuff a little bit so that they actually they got, want to go after the whole fetus. They've got a falconer abortionist yeah. who's twirling a fetus on a string <laughs> like Zipping it out there to, to, to catch the attention of the of the red-tailed hawk. Calling no. Dr. Raptor. Dr. Raptor. <laughs> okay, so this is going to hurt a lot. Yeah. But, it, but it is going to be entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in. Well, you know, later later in the in the afternoon, later in the legislative session, um, Representative John uh, Burt. Um, he just came out wait, and basically wait, hold on, John Bird, John Burt. Oh, okay. <laughs> John Bird would have been awesome. Ah, oh. uh, that would have been that would have been great. Okay. It would have been great if he was a hawk too. Yeah. You know, he probably is. He's a pro war <laughs> Republican. Uh, That's a raptor so, joke for you, ladies and gents. So he came out and basically told all the kids, not only was he not going to vote for it, no, but that they were fucking stupid for wasting their time. Because he said, quote, but I remember these kids are physically sitting in the audience. Bottom line, if we keep bringing more of these bills and bills and bills forward that really I think we shouldn't have in front of us, we'll be picking a state hot dog next. My vote's so, for Oscar Mayer. <laughs> so, Cecil, I think the lesson to be learned here oh, no. is that if you're a fourth grader, you should really work on drafting <laughs> substantive legislation. No more of these frivolous bills yeah. from fourth grade. Yeah. yeah, how are we gonna how are we gonna solve New Hampshire's pressing problems Never will. if our fourth graders Gosh. Won't come to us with our solutions. What a load of dim bulbs the future is, you know? God. Gosh. And I, one thing I want to get back to with the raptor thing. The guy's like, <laughs> they want to make a state raptor, okay? So it's not like they're making a state bird, which is a just a, a like a bird right. overall. They're saying a raptor. I mean, it, 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 that's how it reads here. Right, yeah, they're just specifying which raptor they prefer. Right, and then the guy the starts. Raptors. The guy starts talking about how it uses its talons and razor sharp beak to tear up fucking something. That's a raptor, dude. That's what <laughs> raptors do. Like, like it's not like fucking like raptors sit down with a fucking knife and fork and eat a cooked food. It's a fucking bird, dude. Yeah, what are what are its options? Yeah, you know, like it's not gonna order takeout. It's- it's it's terrific. Yeah, and, and the other thing is that they even spent so they they go out of their way to spend the time 
debating the bill. <laughs> That's the other thing. And part of the debate is actually a conversation centered around the fact that this is a waste of time. It would have been quicker just to vote on it. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me stand up here. I would be you know what would be fucking outstanding, Cecil? Yeah. Is that they filibustered it. Oh, that'd be amazing. Ugh. They bring in like a falconer in the middle of the filibuster. <laughs> they just they just he start just, reading like the history of the fucking falconing. Yeah, They're and just, they bring in a falconer to perform abortions during the filibuster. <laughs> I think that would be amazing. Just they actually amazing. they prefer they they perform super late term abortions to just kill the fourth graders. That's it. It's like extra extra late term. It's as late a term as possible. Those just... kids are running out of the Capitol building screaming with <laughs> raptors in their hair. Can you imagine? It's the worst field trip ever. The, the kids are the kids have to. How did you? How would they even feel walking out? How would you feel as a teacher? You'd be like, I'm super embarrassed. <laughs> Oh. Very sorry. You're like wiping little Debbie's tears out of her right? eyes. <laughs> right. I can't even I, like as a parent, as a parent, I know that I, if, if my son were to go do this thing I and he were to come home, the first thing out of my mouth when I come home from work, I would be excited. I would not be able all day. And I mean this all day. I would be like, I cannot wait to get home and ask my son about his field trip. It's super cool that he got to draft a bill and bring it to the house and have him vote on it. That I really wish I could have been a part. So to walk in the door and ask my kid, oh, how was your thing? And have him say they voted it down. <laughs> but first they humiliated us publicly. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And our final story um, comes from J-Post, the Jerusalem Post. Uh, give yourself a piece of chocolate for every day of Passover cleaning. Yahad advises women. Um, so the the Haredi hardline religious party, uh, Yahad, uh, they held a women's campaign, proving once again that hardline religious organizations know women. Yeah. They really get yeah. it. Um, and they, they were praising the movement's leading ladies um, and saying, hey, you know, great job. Here's some advice. When you're doing your Passover cleaning duties, give yourself a little bit of chocolate because the women's love the chocolate. And when you do little tasks, <laughs> give yourself a little bit of chocolate. And when you finish something up, well, lady, you just go ahead and break off a big old hunk of chocolate and reward yourself. Wow. <laughs> wow. Do you know? I got to tell you about this crazy shit. So why are they getting chocolate for doing housework is the first thing I thought. I thought, what? wait, what? Daily tasks for what are we doing it for? It's for Passover. And so I started to look up like cleaning ceremonies. Like what is the what's the big deal? Why does it have to be clean? And so there's this thing that the Jewish people have, Tom, called chemetz. Okay. Well, and I'm saying the chemetz yeah. because there's a ch in front of it, so it's right. ch e m e t z or something, right? And what chemetz is is crumbs of leavened things. So if you have leavened food in your house that happen to be, you know, like a fucking bread or a biscuit or something, I don't know if I I don't know if chemical leavening works. I don't know if fucking it's yeast only, whatever, whatever their fucking weird regulation on food is. You're not allowed to have a leavened thing. 
wonder if it could be like fucking leavened with eggs. Like, I wonder if you could make like a meringue. They are really weird about leavening. There's so many biblical like prostrictions against leavening. It's got to be against yeast. I can't imagine it being against anything else. Like, it's got to be against yeast because chemical leavening, like whipping, you know, like eggs into something or using baking powder, those type of things are. You know, I mean, guess maybe maybe they don't want to have the baking powder in there. I don't know what it is. But in any case, the leavened crumbs are this chemetz, right? And they have to go through their whole house and clean out all the chemetz in their house. It can't there can't be any in their house. And then they have to do a cleansing prayer. <laughs> and like <gasps> Easter, they have to because they cleaned up all the chemets, so they have to fucking get out the goddamn Dyson and fucking like get all the crumbs out of the couch and wherever else there could be. And you know your fucking keyboard. I know my keyboard at work and at home because I fucking I'll eat in front of the computer. This thing's full of crumbs. Like, what <laughs> do I have to, mine like, is all crumbs. Do I have to just like fucking? It, it's like it's like a crumb machine. Do I have to like <laughs> throw it out every fucking Passover? Because there's no way you're getting all the crumbs out of this thing. When like, I, I type on my keyboard thing. at work, it jumps like it's full of fleas. It's yeah. got so many. <laughs> like, it's like one of those boggle things, you know. Yeah, exactly. They press on it and the dice yeah. start jumping up. But but even better, the better better than having to clean up all the goddamn crumbs in your house, is that they go around. After they're done cleaning the crumbs, and they leave little pieces of hemets on the ground, little pieces of bread and other things, in obvious places so that when they do the ceremony, they're actually cleaning it off. So it's like a weird sort of praying Easter egg hunt of shit you're not going to eat and doesn't look pretty. Well, that's bizarre. <laughs> it's crazy as hell. But I came up with a new idea. You and I should hire ourselves out to these Jewish families and just lay down and let them pour the crumbs in our mouth. I we could be like crumb dumpsters. <laughs> I think this works. I, you know, we, 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 they pay us money to feed us crumbs. That right? sounds amazing. Enough crumbs. And no, actually, I, yeah, I, I'd no. have to hire myself out quite. What yeah. would happen if you had a dog? Like your dog would just eat the crumbs. That's what, that's what dogs do. <laughs> I guess you'd be laying be really out the meticulous. fucking chemets or whatever, yeah. and the fucking dog would come along, and you'd be like, Oi, vey, stop eating my chemets, eh? <laughs> and you got to shoo the dog out of the room, and then if, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. This is, it's amazing. I just started reading about it, and I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me figure out why they were cleaning, and then I started reading about it, and I was just flabbergasted by the fact that they have to clean up every crumb in their house, and then... Put crumbs back out to pray them away. Yeah, so like what does it even mean to clean them? Like you clean it, but you're like, wait a minute. Reserve one cup of house crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For you know, it's not pasta water. So you're okay, so I and I, I also I don't know, man. Maybe I just maybe I think my house is cleaner than it is, but I think that would take me about twenty minutes. I would. I know where the bread in my house is. I have a bread basket. I would empty that. I think that's the only place I can imagine there being crumbs. Yeah. <laughs> like I would sweep the floor. You know what I mean? Like it would. It would be like I don't need to give myself little pieces of chocolate unless, unless all throughout the year, I'm running through my house sprinkling crumbs. And <laughs> you know, like I like I don't like take whole wheat toast and just crush it into a fine powder and then blow it all over my house so that later 
I can afford myself a little piece of chocolate for my my due diligence of vacuuming up my crumb dust. Let me tell you something. There is not a Jewish person that would come near my car during Passover. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's like fucking like uh, like all that's in the back seat. Like my entire back seat is just McDonald's bags. Like that's all. Oh it is. no no, my car. You just burn it. Yeah. <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> to get rid of, not only do they have to buy a new keyboard, they have to basically get rid of their car too. Ugh. If I if if I've had a, like a month where I've had a lot of sales calls, my car is is full of just garbage. It's just it's, my son can't even fit in the car. I got to pry him in <laughs> through the back. It's just garbage. You don't even need a car seat because there's so much shit back there. There's no way he could be hurt. We, we, we actually just sit him on garbage, like just yeah. to prop him up. <laughs> So we want to thank uh, all of our most recent patrons. We want to thank Andrew for donating through PayPal. And then we want to thank uh, the following patrons, the newest patrons we have. Carl, Duck Flambe, Katie, Chris B., Kristen, Phoebe, Matthew, Bonnie, Tammy, Russell, Dorinda, Alan, Colin, Luana, Robert and Alicia, thank you all so much for your generous donations. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we also want to thank all the people who found us recently through uh, through Thinking Atheist. We got a bunch of emails from people uh, after they found us or tweets, and they said, "Hey, thanks for you know, thanks for a good show, and we're glad glad I found you." So we want to thank all the people who came over, and we hope that uh, that we haven't scared you away just yet. We got a funny message from uh, from Peter. He says, "Sometimes I listen to your show while exercising at the gym." But due to your careless outbursts of humor, I have often made me weak at the knees with laughter on more than one occasion, and I nearly fell off the treadmill. (laughs) We're sorry, Peter. We also got a message that somebody said, you should put a warning on your podcast that you shouldn't drive because I almost crashed into a tree. (laughs) Be careful when you're driving. We got a message to Tim and Cedric. It says, uh, I've been conscientiously voting for you in the podcast awards every day, and we'd like to remind the listeners that we are in the podcast awards, along with some of our podcasting brethren, the Scathing Atheist, My Book of Mormon, Thinking Atheist, are all in religion, other category. We are in the news and politics section uh, of the podcast awards, and you can vote every day. So thank you very much, Dave, for voting every day. But he said, but I just noticed that the site sends back an email to verify my vote, and the emails wound up in his spam folder folder he says he noticed it and he was able to verify his votes but just in case let people know so remember that if you do vote for us in the podcast awards you have to put in a valid email that email then gets an uh, uh, an email from the podcast award people and they will then send you a message and you have to verify it so make sure you verify your votes please continue to vote for us and we got a message too from somebody uh, uh, who said that they could uh, that, like there's some way to get around it or like do some crazy shit where you could like break the system or something, please don't do that. Uh, just vote for us once. We don't want to win any other way. So please don't do anything that would be uh, considered in- unethical. Yeah, you vote for us once a day. That's in the rules. So, you know, feel free to vote for us once every day. We're, we're really grateful to all of those who have voted. I think it would be a real feather in our caps um, and, and really like a, a, a testimony to the listeners um, that that tolerate this show. Yeah. If we were to actually win, um, but you know we've got stiff competition in the news and, and politics category. That's for sure. It would be wonderful um, if we were to come out ahead and really show you know how uh, how engaged our listeners are. Yeah, we've been really happy this week with being uh, on the top 100 
and being very high up. I think we made it up to like number six on news and politics this week. So we were real happy with the with the amount of people that are finding our show and listening to it. Uh, and if you could take a little bit of time to vote for us, we'd really appreciate it. So this message is from uh, Pat, and Pat says uh, that he wound up sending Pat Robertson a message. And I'm going to read the message, and uh, he wound up throwing a glory hole in there. So here we go. This says, Dear Pat, I live in Chicago and find it difficult to preach God's glory. Whole groups of people, I feel, are missing out and not coming onto the Lord's hand and experiencing the bliss of his gentle grip on their souls. (laughs) How do I reach out to my neighbors and get them through the wall that separates them from the glory of Almighty God without offending them and causing them to withdraw before completing their experience of God's love. That's tremendous. Yours in Jesus, Cecil Thompson, (laughs) Chicago. That is amazing. He will never read it, but it makes me laugh. So thank you very much, Pat, for sending that to Pat Robertson. I do not think he's going to read that, but that is hilarious. I I think there's just too much innuendo, and I think they're going to pick up on it. Yeah, some screener is going to pick up on it uh, because Pat's got obviously a a pretty big show. Um, However, I would say that there's probably some religious shows out there that would pick, that would, that would read that, that would not. Yeah. Uh, and, and so if you use some that or something similar and you can get any religious televangelist to yeah. say that, oh my, I, I will buy you a shirt. Oh, it's amazing. It's terrific. So we got a message, Tom, about Idaho, and uh, I'm going to play this clip. This is, this is a clip somebody sent in to us about Idaho. And special awards go to the two students who obviously had no help from their parents. Lisa Simpson and Ralph Wiggum. I'm Idaho. Yes, of course you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> an amazing clip, and we'll that's use good. it when we talk about Idaho in the future. I, I love that because that's exactly how Idaho feels, right? Yeah. Like, I'm Idaho. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. We got a message from Mike, and he said, After listening to your latest episode, I bought the domain Pornhub.horse. <laughs> and he, wants, he wanted to know if we wanted it. And we we don't know what the hell we would do with it. <laughs> it's so funny, but, but it's awesome that he has Pornhub.horse. So if you and he sent us a message from what the fuck at Pornhub.horse. <laughs> so send him email at what the fuck at Pornhub.horse. That's amazing. I that's think that's terrific. great. Thank I didn't you. know there was a dot horse. I, why? Why is there a dot horse? Oh. So we got a message. Uh, this is from Ick. And Ick says, do a Google image search for Grand Mufti, and the first picture sums it up. It's basically all the pictures, but you get a chance to see a guy with a fucking picnic napkin on his head. <laughs> so do crazy. a search for Grand Mufti. It's pretty awesome. You want to put, like, I, I see that, and I immediately want to set a picnic basket on yeah, top of him. <laughs> I, want you know? sick, I want to sick a friendly bear on him. Right. You know? just, I just assume he's covered in ants. Yeah. Got a message, Tom, about raising a skeptical child. So this is from Chloe. She says, Dear Tom, I've been listening to your show for a couple of years, and I have uh, twins just a bit younger than your oldest child. I live in a Bible Belt state, and my kids often come home from school telling me about God, Jesus, zombies, monsters, and ghosts. They seem to view all of these ideas as equally credible. So I guess my question is, how do you help instill incredulity in kids who are, by their very nature, inherent believers? Um it's an excellent question. I don't know that I'm necessarily the guy with every answer, right? But I'll tell you what I do and what seems to be working. 
Um, although we've had a lot of conversations really recently about about these subjects. And the first thing I do is I don't try to steer my son into believing or not believing anything. Um, so I don't present ideas as this is a true and this is not a true. Um, you know, instead, I really have been focusing a lot. Um, and my son is, is just turned eight. I focus a lot on just saying, well, you know, tell me more what you think about that. Why do you think that that would be the case? I want to hear more about your thoughts on this. And what he's been what he's been doing recently is he's been listening to the audiobooks of the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. So if anybody's familiar with it, it's got a bunch of the Greek gods it's, and, and in it, um, in the stories, there's Hades. Right. And so these characters go down to Hades. And there's an afterlife and another world. And he's really interested in that. Um, and we've had a lot of conversations recently, reasonably in-depth little conversations, actually, um, <clears throat> where he expresses concern about experiencing being dead. And he hopes that there is a Hades, even though it sounds horrible, because to him it sounds better than being dead. And I don't tell him that one thing is better than the other. I just listen because he's only eight. And I ask him questions and I say, well, how how would you know if there was a Hades? I really want to know. What do you think? How would we that's an interesting idea. How would we know if that were true? And that's all I do. I don't try to argue. I'm just trying to ask him questions because what I what I want to raise is a child who knows how to ask good questions. I'm not afraid of answers, <clears throat> and I don't think I should raise my kid to be afraid of answers. What I'm afraid of are kids that don't know how to ask good questions. Um, and so all I feel like I can do at this point is try to model that. And just tell him, man, I think that's really interesting. You know, what do you think being dead is like? And then I'll throw in, <clears throat> you know, like, well, what was it like before you were born? What did that feel like? And that's so if, if there's any steering going on, it's that kind of gentle steering that's based on the kinds of questions that we ask. And and I think that that's well, the proof will be in the pudding. But that's how I'm doing it now, Chloe. Got a message from uh, David Michael, host of My Book of Mormon which is up for a podcast award. You may have heard earlier when I said that. I want to play a message that he sent to us. Um, and, uh, and you know, David Michael is sort of the consummate politician, and we're going to play this message that he sent. Hello, everyone. This is David Michael from the award-winning My Book of Mormon podcast. It's come to my attention that some of you may still be torn on which show to vote for in the 2015 Podcast Awards Religion Inspiration category. So I've decided to create this public service announcement to help clear up any confusion. So first, ask yourself, would you rather vote for a show that A, brings you the world-famous Book of Mormon drinking game, which gives you an ironclad excuse to guzzle down an average of more than six beers per episode, or B, a show whose only game is top ten lists about pedophiles, racists, homophobes, etc. If you chose option A, then a vote for the My Book of Mormon podcast might be for you. <laughs> Next, ask yourself if you'd rather listen to a show whose host has a voice which has been described as sultry, seductive, which has been known to cause spontaneous orgasms, or B, a show with the voices of Mickey Mouse's older brother and his stoner friend. If you chose option A, then a vote for the My Book of Mormon podcast might be for you. And lastly, if you'd prefer to vote for a show that A, wins awards just by putting out great content, or B, oh, no. a show that has to pull out all the stops, all the gimmicks, and beg and plead for your vote to finally just win that one. And if you chose option A, then once again, oh. a vote for the My Book of Mormon podcast might be for you. 
and to Noah, Heath, and Lucinda. If you're wondering what it's like to be the host of an award-winning show like mine, well, I'm afraid I have to be honest with you. It's fucking awesome. So I wish you good luck, because you're going to need it. And lastly, before I go, to help clear up any confusion on who to vote for in the news and politics category, well, let me make that very easy for you. Vote for cognitive dissonance. If you don't, you're just an asshole. Happy voting, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, David. Well, I, I'm i not going to tell you who I've been voting for, David. <laughs> oh, good for you, though. What a great line. That's really funny. You know, so, yeah, I, I, there's there's three really good shows in the religion inspiration category. So what I do is I vote, I vote for uh, each one every third day so that my votes are meaningless. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say who I vote for, David. Let's just pretend I'm voting for you. How's it's that? <laughs> <laughs> this is from Sal, and Sal said. Uh, I just wanted to he's doing a, a charity thing and now he's not asking for money. What he's looking for is sick kids that he can do a comic book sketch cover for. He's a comic book artist and he wanted to draw stuff to cheer up sick kids. We think that's awesome. We are going to put a link to his Facebook page and his email on this week's show notes. This is episode 215. So this week uh, we're going to you can go ahead and find uh, his his contact information there on both those things. If you know some sick child who would like a comic book sketched for them, this is the guy to do it. Thank you, Sal. That's a really cool thing to do. Man, that's a really awesome thing to do. I, You know, we, we sometimes get these requests um, where people are, are asking for us to plug um, one cause or another. And we, get, we, we, we tried doing it initially, but we got so many of them that we weren't able to accommodate them. Um, but this is different because you're offering to – you're not asking for anything. You're, you're offering just to do something amazing, and we're really grateful – for the opportunity to plug this. So uh, we're going to have two shows next week, a Thursday show and a Sunday show. Uh, so it's going to be a busy week for us, but we're going to leave you like we always do with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>